0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Personal Trainer. So I've decided that I get a lot of inspiration from questions that will arise during the week, uh, whether that be questions that I receive through Instagram or through Facebook or during chats with clients. And those questions give me ideas for topics. So two topics that I'm going to discuss today that have come up this week will be to track or not to track. So whether I think you should be tracking calories or not. And then secondly, why every training session won't be great and how you deal with that. Okay, to track or not to track. Tracking calories for me has always been a massive help and it taught me a lot, especially in the early stages of aiming to lose weight. And it helps me create quite a good relationship with nutrition. So I've had periods where I have tracked consistently for a year and then I've had periods where I haven't tracked at all for months and I've eaten more intuitively. So I've done a bit of both approaches. Um and I would say it's whatever works for you. So I see tracking as a tool. It's not forever, it's not a permanent thing. It's not something you want to be doing when you're in your 80s, for example, but it gives you the tools to be able to make a decision going forward. I'd say it's it's awareness. It it brings you a lot of awareness. It's especially good for beginners. Um when carbs, fat, protein don't really make much sense, a few weeks of tracking will really help to widen your nutritional knowledge. So tracking provides really good awareness of what is in the food that we eat, and without tracking, it's easy to overconsume on foods that taste good. So they would often be the foods that we wouldn't allow ourselves. But with tracking, we can include the portioned amounts of those favourite foods. So, for example, if you'd said to yourself that you didn't want a chocolate bar because it's a chocolate bar, so it's bad. And then you don't allow yourself to have that. Actually, if you're tracking, you'll see that it's only 150 calories, for example, for a small bar, and it will easily fit into your daily intake so when we track we are essentially monitoring the macronutrients so these are carbohydrates fat and protein however when i advise my clients to track i typically suggest aiming for calories and protein and not worrying about carbs or fat so usually i would suggest a a calorie target and then a protein target and would just let the carbs and fat fall however it makes up the calories This is a good way to keep it more simple and not give yourself additional restrictions by having to aim for a certain amount of grams of fat each day or carbs each day. Um, The only time that would really be necessary is if you were an athlete or bodybuilder um, and then you might want to play around with carbs or fats. But for general day-to-day lifestyle, I would suggest it's just overall calories and overall protein and this is just a good way to keep it nice and simple as well. So the hardest macronutrient to hit is typically protein and this is why tracking can be very useful because especially again going back to a beginner, usually what I would say if uh, I've got a client who is just starting to track, I would say have a look how much protein you're having and usually they are way under where they need to be. So Tracking, using a tool to track, is useful for aiming to increase that protein intake. Now, I am not a nutritionist, not yet anyway, so I can't tell you what to specifically aim for, but I can advise you where to look for information. So I would suggest using an online calorie calculator, which are actually very interesting, very useful information, and this will give you a good idea of what you should be aiming for when tracking, so that's a really good place to start. The disadvantages of tracking though, it sometimes promotes an all or nothing mindset around food. So you've got to be careful when you're tracking. So for example, you could say, oh no, I've gone over my calories by 25. So now my day is ruined. I may as well eat those biscuits that are in the cupboard. But that's 25 calories. It's not going to do anything. And this is where sometimes it can promote a bit of an all or nothing way of thinking. Where if you think, oh, that's it, I've ruined it and sometimes you have to realize that the tracking isn't that reliable anyway. So the food packages might not be 100% accurate. The data that you have entered into the tracking app might not be accurate. So it is just a rough guide. For this reason, it can be useful to have a boundary. So rather than saying, I'm gonna have 2000 calories, it can be good to have a bit of a boundary each side. So maybe you could say, I will have 1900 to 2100 because then you've got a 200 calorie leeway so if you had 2050 calories you're still in that bracket so it helps minimize the impact of it being an absolute catastrophe if you go over slightly it's not the end of the world so while i do think tracking is very good very useful um, it can also make us fear going away from the tracking system so for example if you get really into the tracking and someone brings you a piece of cake from their birthday party and then as you take that cake you'll think well i can't track this how how am i going to track this i can't eat it and then you throw the cake away or you maybe you'll decline a meal out because you don't want to eat something you can't track and that's not what we want to do so the purpose of the tracking is supposed to support you to have a healthy lifestyle so we don't want it to make you more stressed sometimes i would suggest that for the best of both worlds maybe you could do a bit of both you could track six days of the week and then have one day away from tracking where you would aim to listen to more of your hunger cues but you don't track um this can be quite good because you've got a bit of a balance then and it might help you to not be a hundred percent reliant on the tracking because you also want to be listening to your body as well but like i said it is important to remember that tracking isn't a hundred percent anyway so it's a rough guide and it's supposed to be there for awareness. So I would look at it as a tool rather than looking at it as something that has to be followed 100%. So let's look at the other side and what if you don't want to track. So tracking isn't the only way to see results and there are other methods if you don't want to track it can become quite restrictive. It is quite time consuming as well especially at the start when you're still getting used to how you track certain foods and how you log the foods how you search for the foods it can take up quite a lot of time so it isn't for everybody especially if you've got previous history a bad relationship with food for example uh, tracking probably isn't the best approach for you so there are other ways that you can track your food without tracking one of those ways i would say it's useful to keep a food diary so a log of what you've been eating This can be handwritten so you can just write down a note what you had for breakfast, what you had for lunch and what you had for your evening meal and then over the week you'll start to be able to see patterns and possibly be able to make any changes that you need to make. Another suggestion would be to get to know which foods fall into which sources. So which foods are carbohydrates, proteins and fat and then you can create your meals by choosing food from all of these sources. So for example in your lunch you can choose a protein a carb and a fat and then as a general rule I'd encourage someone to have protein with every meal anyway and then high protein snacks if you can Um, but protein is definitely an essential. Also think about habit tracking so each evening or each week even you could reflect on the day or the week Uh, so for example did I eat fruit and veg with every meal today or did i consume protein with each meal today so asking yourself little prompts and this is essentially giving you the same accountability creating the same benefits as tracking but without being too much of a big task so it's a little bit more relaxed but you'll still be getting the same data that you would want to be getting if you're using an app to track for example The bottom line is that you can get results with or without tracking, it's the overall consumption that matters, but I would say it is whichever approach works for you and whichever approach supports you and helps you in the best way. So the last time I tracked properly would have been when I dieted for a photo shoot last year, so I tracked consistently for nine months pre-photo shoot and then I was tracking for three months solidly after that and then I think there comes a point where you just you just know so you start to trust yourself and now I tend to eat the same sources each day so I would eat the same my my protein comes from the same sources, um and I change the meals each day but I roughly know what it is that I'm eating each day but without having to track so but it's it's tracking that helped me gain that knowledge I actually used to really enjoy working out what I was gonna eat each day as well, so it'd be like a little maths puzzle for food. I'd wake up each morning and I'd plan the day. So for example, if I wanted a curry, I would cook a curry from scratch, but I would be able to input all the data and I'd have my curry and then I'd have a chocolate bar and that'd be something that you'd look at as like naughty food, but when you're aware of what is going into those foods and what it is that you're eating you realize that you can have the foods that you enjoy and make it part of your lifestyle so for nine months I was I gave us I had a calorie target that I would hit each day and a protein target that I would hit each day but essentially I would eat whatever I wanted if it fit in between those targets okay let's move on to topic two So this is why every session won't be a great one and how you deal with that. So this is something that comes up a lot during sessions with my clients and myself actually. So I think we sometimes assume that every single session needs to feel a certain way to give us results. But actually, results are happening from every single session whether we think it's a good session or not. So this can be quite helpful. So if you bear in mind that... Even the sessions that don't feel good or the sessions that you would label as bad, they are serving you in some way. So it's part of the journey, it's part of the process. This links back to a previous episode on enjoying the journey. The bad days, the bad sessions, that's all part of the journey. So sometimes we just need to remind ourselves that every day won't be great, every session won't be great. And that bad session is serving us in some way. So it's hard to define what a bad session is, but I guess it would be, because I mean, I'm sure you've heard the saying, the only bad workout is the one you didn't do. But I'm sure you can all remember a time where you thought, well, that was a terrible workout or that was that was a bad session. And it's not that the workout was bad. It's just the way we feel about the workout that was bad. So it might be that you had less energy than usual or your mindset isn't as strong or you might be in a bad mood anyway and then that means you're likely to give up a little bit sooner maybe it could be that your strength's not there so I know there's been some times when I'm trying to lift a, a dumbbell above my head or a barbell and I'm thinking why can't I do this I've done this loads of times before I mean that might sound familiar it, there's so many times when my clients will say that as well I'll say oh I did this last week or I've done this before why am I struggling today that's normal that is that is part of the journey there's a number of reasons why each session won't be great, and that can be anything from your sleep the previous night, the time that you're training. So, if you would normally train in a morning and then today you're training in an afternoon, or vice versa, your energy levels and your food intake. So, if you haven't eaten as much as you normally would have that day, or you've not had the same food as you typically have before each session, or maybe you've been away for a week and then you've been Overindulging on food, food and energy can be a big factor. Also, menstrual cycle as well. So where you are in your cycle for females, this will be quite a big impact on your training as well. Um, And then overall training that week and your rest days. So if you've trained a lot that week, you are going to be tired. Your muscles will need a rest. Maybe you haven't recovered very well. Maybe you're due a rest day. So it's good to think about when your last rest day was. Sometimes there isn't a reason why. Sometimes it's just because... It's how we get past that that is the important part. Recognise that it is a journey. So again, listen to my other episode on enjoying the journey if you haven't because that will remind you the importance of the journey itself and not to get too caught up in one day. I would suggest keeping a log of your sessions. So this is quite a good way to compare I would suggest you look at progress on a four-week cycle and compare week one to the next week one, week two to the next week two, and so on throughout the four weeks. So you're comparing on a four-week block each four weeks rather than looking at this week versus last week because this is a more accurate way of looking at your progress, especially for females when menstrual cycle will affect your training quite a lot. That's probably a podcast episode for another day. But um, looking at your progress every four weeks, you'll start to see patterns and you'll be able to identify areas where you're progressing. Also, remind yourself that you can't have a 100% track record for a good session. So the bad sessions are going to happen at some point. It's part of the learning process. It's part of the improvements and they make you appreciate the great sessions even more. So when you do have the great sessions, celebrate those great sessions also remind yourself of the reasons why you want to exercise because this can be quite a powerful way of bringing in gratitude so when you're having a bad day or a bad session it's not the end of the world but actually when you remind yourself the reasons I want to exercise are to be strong to be healthy to increase fitness and to feel good one bad session doesn't mean a lot out of all the good sessions that you've had and that you will have okay that is me done i actually thought this one would take longer than it did so maybe i talk really fast i don't know but as always thank you so much for listening and get in touch with what you think about this whether you agree with the tracking do you track do you find it helpful are you anti-tracking let me know you can also get in touch with any questions and any suggestions for future episodes and i will be back with another episode really soon